Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. A lot of people consider that the second greatest radio team in Minnesota history. Mackey and Judd. Behind <laughs> Joe and Pat. <laughs> <laughs> On 1500 ESPN. Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. All right, Lou Nanny, uh, a little earlier this week, makes his weekly appearance with us, Mackie and Judd, and it hasn't been... A great start to the season. Bruce Boudreaux frustrated after last night. Uh, Lunani, let me ask you this question to start off with. With Zach Parisi out, and who knows when he's going to come back, what do you think the identity of this team should be? Like, what should be this team's go-to formula to win games for the foreseeable future? Well, low goals against, you know, a tight-checking team that can uh, be opportunistic, both at full strength and on a power play. Lou, what what do you make of this team right now? Because here here's the sad thing. Last night didn't shock me because uh, I, I went to all six games uh, that they were home for, and their Tuesday night clunkers against the Canucks and Jets, to, to me, foreshadowed what we saw last night. What's your assessment of this team? Well, uh, right now, fragile. Yeah. And, and I think that I'm saying that because if you looked at the game last night, they started out you know, great for the first seven, eight minutes. And, in fact, uh, they had complete control of the game, and Boston got one, and then the second game, the second goal was horrible. You know, you, you just can't give those up. I mean, you got to be tight to the pipe, second and and, and fourth. you got, you got to be tight to the pipe. You can't be giving up those goals. And, and I think that, that <laughs> they're in that mindset when they give them up like that, then they just fall apart, and they fell apart. Have you seen a goaltender give up more, I don't know what the right word is here, weird goals than Dubnik does? It seems like there's one every couple games where it's either a bad goal or just a freaky weird goal. Well, you know, weird goals are bad goals, usually. And then, like last night, it wasn't freaky. Uh, you no, know, and now it starts. You know, the puck's bobbling. Please don't don't tell me that. You know, I mean, when you had two and a half inch curved sticks, the puck did that all the time. You always had uh, pucks rising and falling. But you, 
you got to play your position. You got to play in the angle. You got to play the the pipe when the guy's way over on the left. There's no room to go in. I mean, it's simplistic. It's not something that that uh, the puck made happen. And and I I don't know if I've seen. I, I don't you know really relate to how many weird goals or funny goals you're, you're going to see a lot of them. But but uh, the Wild just give up too many of them. I knew they were in trouble, Louis. Yesterday morning. When when Boudreaux and more importantly, I think than Bruce, the players started to complain about the ice. Now the ice m- might have been terrible. I get that, but you know it's always bad when when you've got a team that that as you just said is mentally fragile and sort of weak, and they start to complain after the skate. I I said to myself, this is not this is not a good foreshadowing of what's going to happen tonight. Right. Well, you get you get mentally fragile when things aren't going well, and 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 you you think that weird things are happening and and you start questioning is something going to happen again now is something wrong happening and then if you go out there and, and the ice is bad and for some people in their minds well how are we going to play in this how, how is this going to help us but i think that they they got to get to a game i felt real good about their game against chicago that was dubnik's best game of the year mm-hmm. won nothing played well and i i just felt after that game that they they were in a place they want to be, but after seeing what happened in Boston in, in three, four, five minutes, I mean, the, right after that second goal, I mean, they they were out to lunch till the third period. Yeah, they they were. It's just like they were all of sorts and had really nothing going on. And and when those things happen, when 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 you get in a situation where Things look bad, or you, things it looks like there's weird goals, or it looks like you, you don't know what's happening. You got to go right back to the basics, and the thing you do in the basics, you keep your feet moving, you skate, and you hit everybody that moves. That gets you into the game. Yeah, want to play? You got to take bodies out. You got to you got to find yourself getting into the game, and and that getting into the game means making body contact, means making uh, you know plays quickly, and and getting yourself available and open by moving your legs. When you stand around, you're worried bad things are happening and just waiting for things to happen, bad things happen. Uh, Lou, I'm going to play just a 10-second clip from uh, from angry Bruce Boudreaux last night and then get, get your thoughts on, on him and the position he's in in general here. I mean, you saw it. We weren't very competitive. The first two periods, that was probably the most embarrassing two periods I've been involved with in a lot of teams. It doesn't feel like, and I, I certainly don't like. I don't think he should be on a hot seat or anything. But I mean, there's a, it, there's a certain almost helpless sound to what he's saying after some of these games. Well, it's total frustration. It's not the hot seat. It's it's a situation where they're playing a team that's got five of their players out, three of their best players, without a doubt, out. They're playing a team that really has had one more point in them, played more games than them. They're not playing a juggernaut, and they come out and. And just dominate the game, you know, for whatever it was, seven, eight, nine minutes, just looked like they could blow Boston out. And all of a sudden, they're behind, and they don't, they don't react properly. And I think that's why he really got frustrated. And I think, I think he's thinking the same way that they, you know, their mindset's got to change. They, they got to, they got to get, you got to get angry, tough, mean in your mind, mm-hmm. and and you have to. It, when all things go bad, you know your mind will get you through. If if you let your mind play games on you and think bad things are going to happen, they will happen. 
We're 13 games in, Louie, and the thing about it is uh, Bruce got mad at first when they didn't play well, and then after the Canucks debacle, coddled them a bit and and lightened up quite a bit, I thought. And now last night, exasperation might be the right word, but I mean, keeping in mind, we're 13 games in. At some point in time here, I, I would imagine as a coach, it gets to be very difficult to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what button do I try and push tonight? Well, they're 13 games in, which means that they're in, in a long way. It's not like this is nothing and you say there's plenty of time for it to change. No, there's not plenty of time to change. 13 games, you know, it's a, it's a good portion. It's over 12, 13% of your schedule already. And, and you can't make those points up unless you're winning games consistently in the middle and the end of the season. So, uh, He's trying to get a, bu- a button to push where yep. where he's getting a reaction, the proper reaction. The, the, if you looked at their winning streaks last year, they had a mental toughness. The one they were behind, they didn't think they were going to lose. They found a way to come back and win. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist right now. They got to get their mindset back there. They got to get believing in themselves. They got to get believing in one another. And at the same time, they got to be ready to play, and they have to play all the way through and, and play smart. What happens when you're playing poorly, you play stupid. You do bad things. You don't do the right things. You're you're not reacting instantaneously to an action. You're waiting and and, and sort of standing around and, and really being very, very easy to check. And, and speaking of that, that leads me to my next question because we didn't talk a week ago. Uh, Dumba's play, Louie. I mean, when Dumba's going good, I, I get it. He he has offensive attributes, and I, I think we all were on board with him staying here. Um, but that game a week ago against the Jets was absolutely horrific. Uh, where does where should he be at right now in your mind, do you think? Well, he should be more consistent defensively. Mm-hmm. Offensively, he, he's got the skills, and, and he's always making some good plays during the game, but then he makes some clunkers, but He's, he's got to be more consistent. When I see defensively, it's making the right play offensively that doesn't cost them defensively, like it did against uh, uh, Vancouver. Or, yeah, it was Vancouver. But, uh, uh, you know, he's he's the type of player that's going to take some time, and you're going to see those kind of plays because of the way he plays. So you have to, now that he's yours, you have to grow with it and and help him learn from it, and get him to be more consistent in how he plays. You know, he, he's, uh, he's got a lot of upside, but you certainly don't want his downside to cost you games, and that's where you got to focus on. It's focus on your own zone first. Uh, what do you think of Luke Cunnan's upside? I love him. I just love it. I love his intensity, his competitiveness, his, his driven uh, Desire his work ethic. I, I just think that they're going to be happy. They they've had this kid. Uh, he's he he finds a way. You know, you know the good players play up in a hurry. In other words, they can play at a higher level than the guys they're with before. And so, when you're playing the NHL, you got to play to highest level. You got to play up. He adjusts faster than most people. And I, I I love what I see from him. There's a, there's a fearlessness there. Uh, it it it, yeah. it may have gone a little overboard. He he jumped into a, a fight that wasn't necessarily his last night and cost the Wild a, a penalty there. But there is a fearlessness there with him. Well, you know, uh, 
I don't mind that at all because he jumped in because of what happened at the face-off circle before. Yeah. And it was the same guy, and, and, and uh, so he was already frustrated. That didn't cost you the hockey game. I mean, right now, if if anything, you want reaction from your team. You want you want them to be feistier and taking people and, and being. As I was saying before, when when you when you're not going good, you got to look to your legs and look to your body, and you got to skate and you got to hit. And uh, he was doing something like that. It was Dumba's slow reaction to to Blasky, and, and I can see why Dumba does that. Something you drop your glove and wait and see if he's going to grab or throw first, and mm-hmm. and it kind of just didn't wait. Hey, help me here because uh, this uh, this led to the Blackhawks goal, um, and it also led to a goal last night, Louis. As a defenseman, what can you do now when a forward parks in front of the goaltender? Because in both these cases now, the forward's not even touched. And and I get the fact that, that the days of going in and chopping the guy on the legs uh, with your stick are gone now because that's going to result in an infraction. But... That being said, it does amaze me, like in the Blackhawks' loss, that the player in front didn't even get touched. Well, he didn't get touched because nobody was by him, and and you don't you can't touch him anymore. You can't cross check him down. You can't hold him. You can't do a, all the things you could do in the past. So, what they do now is you block out. You you have to essentially you know just eliminate him by getting position in front of him so he can't see or affect any shots coming from the point. You know, some people play from behind. The best way probably is to play from the front because you're in a position to block him out. And and if you see the puck, then many times, you know, if it's coming by you, you got to block it yourself. That's why we got so many block shots in the league now. Mm-hmm. Everybody congregates around the net, and, and you try and get pucks through. And the goaltender, yeah, sometimes he screens. So what does the goalie have to do? He's got to take his best position from the angle where the guy's shooting mm-hmm. and make sure that angle is is taken care of. You know, he's covering it. Yeah. So the Wild, uh, four points behind Chicago for second to last in the Central Division. But there's still some season left, but uh, a lot of good points from Louie. Lou, we'll catch up next week. Thank you. Thanks, okay, Louie. Nice starting you. Yeah, right. you too. Lou Thanks. Nanny, uh, usually Thursdays at 10 o'clock with us. We moved him up a couple days. Lou's a traveling man. Yes, he is. He's a traveling man. Yep. Vegas guy. Yeah, how about <laughs> Vegas? Uh, like four Golden Knights games already. If the playoffs started today, Vegas would be, well, St. Louis and Los Angeles are leading their divisions. And then Vegas right right there with 19 points yeah. uh, tied with Winnipeg. Uh, how about Edmonton? Everything basically except for Connor McDavid in Edmonton it's has awful. been atrocious. They can't, so they've they can't been score back goals. to bottom feeding ways. They can't score goals. I, I think they got... On Saturday, I want to say they got six goals from six different players, and they came back the next game and got blanked. Yeah, they're a complete mess, which is which is disappointing. If the Edmonton Oilers miss the playoffs, it's a huge blow because that's a that should be a fun team, and McDavid's an unbelievable talent. Yeah. I feel like the league would want McDavid to be like traded to the Rangers or something, so oh, that they I'm could sure they capitalize do. on a big city with their best player. I'm sure they do. Uh, pigskin packing order: Where do the Vikings fall after a bye week when we come back? Now the team's lined up for the kickoff. Referee blows his whistle. Mackie and Judd now continue. And the game is on. On 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by Mauer Buick GMC. Rise and shine, football fans. Dig out the meat and potatoes. Because it's time for Mackie and Judd's pigskin pecking order. Football. Football. 
Our weekly top 10 column power rankings, if you will. We call it a pigskin pecking order. And the Vikings have emerged the last couple weeks into our top 10 pretty solidly, like in that 6, 7, 8 range. Yes. Uh, a lot of things happen in, in the NFL. Cowboys are hot. Patriots had a bye week. Rams stay hot. I think it's my turn to start it is. this week. It is indeed. So uh, I actually didn't change any of my 10 teams, but I changed the order in which they appear. All right. So uh, honorable mention, Carolina Panthers. That's a pretty big divisional win they had over the weekend, and uh, they're right in there. You could see them maybe overtaking the Saints, although I just don't think Cam Newton's consistent enough. I just think he has these blow-up weird games, and uh, he's complaining a lot, and it's just a weird vibe surrounding that team. So I'm still going to pick the Saints to win the division. But Panthers, honorable mention. Uh, Buffalo Bills, an honorable mention for hanging in there in the AFC East. On to the rankings. Number 10. I wanted to move them up, but I'm going to leave them at 10 for right now. The Jacksonville Jaguars. They're 5-3. and three. They're playing excellent defense. Mm-hmm. Top 5 defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may have sealed Marvin Lewis's fate this weekend by holding the Bengals to 7 points. Yeah, we'll find out. He never gets fired, but he should. Yeah. That, I mean, the Bengals are going to whiff on the playoffs, and like, it's been 15 years. Andy Dalton's a complete dumpster fire yeah. now. Number nine, the surprising New Orleans Saints. It helps to have just a smidge of defense, as they're showing you. With Drew Brees, if you just play a little defense, you can win a lot of games. Number eight, I moved them down a spot, the Minnesota Vikings. But they're solid. They're in there. And Interesting. Okay. They've got some things they can prove. All right. Uh, because I still think if the Seahawks and the Vikings played today, the Seahawks would be the slightly favored team, even though they lost. That's kind of a schizophrenic team. So Blair Walsh goes wide left three times against you and then helps you win a game instead yeah. of losing you the game. At least the Vikings kicker only has the yips on the one-pointers, not the three-pointers. The consistency <laughs> helps. So uh, I think the Seahawks are going to be near. They're going to be in there near the end in the NFC. I've got them seventh. The Chiefs have come back to earth a little bit. I have them sixth, still winning that division. Uh, the Broncos have completely imploded, so they're pretty much out of that division. It's kind of between... The Raiders and the Chiefs should be the Chiefs to win. Number five, Pittsburgh Steelers. Number four, the Dallas Cowboys. They still have a pretty brutal schedule, but they just checked off a big one in beating Kansas City over the weekend. Number three, New England Patriots, because I have moved the Rams up to number two. They're 4-0 on the road and are averaging 40 points in those road games. That's ridiculous. And number one, it's hard to keep them out of the number one spot with 51 points hung up on the Broncos' defense and an MVP-caliber young quarterback in Carson Wentz, the Philadelphia Eagles. So Eagles, Rams, Patriots, Cowboys, Steelers, Chiefs, Mm -hmm. Seahawks, Vikings, Saints, Jaguars are my 10. All right. Not in for me. Carolina, 6-3, Tennessee, 5-3. So both outside looking in, dropping out for me this week, the Buffalo Bills who lost on Thursday night to the New York Jets at 5-3 and yeah. three are out. Number 10 for me is a team that you have much higher. I did not have in last week, and I have put them at number 10, the Dallas Cowboys, and that's based on this. Zeke, I want clarity. Everybody does. If he's going to play, they're probably 5 or 6 on my list, but the fact that we don't know and we basically go week to week to week, and this is, get, this is ridiculous, they're number 10. Number 9, the Jacksonville Jaguars. At five and three. The only thing I'm curious about are why was the quarterback, why were the quarterback and head coach fighting at the end of a win on Sunday? That was weird. That was very odd. I don't get that. I mean, you're both not that good at your job, first of all. <laughs> you're not a, that good coach, and you're definitely not, not that good a quarterback, Blake Bortles. So quit fighting. That's a liner. <laughs> that whole thing right there. 
That was a liner. Number eight. <laughs> Number eight. Holding steady for me. The Seattle Seahawks. All right. Here's my question about the Seahawks, though. How much of Blair Walsh going bad do you need to see now? Like, once this start starts, it doesn't end. Like, this is, he's not going to bounce back on Thursday and be fantastic. He is going to, once he goes down this path, we've seen this, Phil. He's going to screw you out of your season, probably. There's an amazing. Replace him now, Pete Carroll. Amazing full circle thing about to happen in January, right? Yes. Where the Vikings go into Seattle for a playoff game. Actually, Seattle's going to be a wild card team, so Seattle would come back here. No miss. And Blair Walsh is the one who misses wild. Uh, all three of those were wide left. Yes, I they think. were. Yes, so. all three of them. But my point is, what are you waiting for? This is going to continue to repeat itself. Now, once he goes bad, he he stays bad. Number seven, dropping from three, the Chiefs, who are now six and three, and of course were the toast of the league uh, about a month and a half ago. Number six, up one spot, the Saints at six and two. The Saints, uh, the Saints look very good now. Credit to them because they started with a bad loss here. They went 0-2 and now have run off six consecutive wins. Number five, moving up one spot for me despite being idle, the 6-2 and two Vikings. Number four, going up one spot as well, the Steelers. And that's because also advancing a spot, the L.A. Rams, who look to be legit. And if you ever say to yourself, how important is coaching in football? You have an answer. McVay's done a fantastic job. That dude's he's 31? Yes, he is a kid, but offensively... Makes us feel really horrible about ourselves. Oh, I feel 31 great. 31 years old, he's like the best coach in the NFL, not named Belichick. And guess year. what? Jared Goff has thrived, so he has done a fantastic job. Number two, I'm going to leave them there, despite the fact they're 8-1. The Eagles, who look fantastic. And that's because I am hitching my wagon to the fact that the New England Patriots defense is going to come around. The Patriots always improve as the season goes along. They're coming off a bye week, and I believe going into the bye, they had won four consecutive games. And while the defense is, is giving up yards, it's not giving up huge points right now. I'm leaving the Patriots number one. So my top five, Patriots, Eagles, Rams, Steelers, Vikings. My uh, six through ten, Saints, Chiefs, Seahawks, Jaguars. And Dallas Cowboys. All right. There it is. The pigskin pecking order. Vikings with a chance to uh, do some climbing there if they can beat some tough teams out of the bye week here. Dave, you got some stuff we should know about when we come back? I sure do. Rick Flair was on with Mike and Mike previewing tonight's 30 for 30. couple cuts from that. Mike Leach answering fan questions. And we're going to start it off by talking turkey. Go, Pat, go! Steve, how you doing? Hey Steve, or hey Bill, I'm on a You're bus Steve. on the way. I, there you go. I am Steve. <laughs> go, Pat, go! That's never going to get old. We're going to play that a hundred more times on today's show. That's oh, fantastic. Hey Steve, uh, I can see on this TCL 55 inch 4K Roku TV, I can see way too much of Peter Schrager's neck beard on Good Morning Football. Like I can. Oh, and there's Ben McAdoo's mustache. You know what? On second thought, the 4K picture resolution from the TCL TVs might be a little much for me. But if you're looking for four times the picture quality of a standard 1080p TV, and if you're looking for the fastest rising TV company in the world, and for sure in the United States, TCL is where it's at. Uh, You can find TCL TVs at any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. And if you want to see Peter Schrager's neckbeard in all of its glory... In 4K resolution, 
you should get one of these TVs that we have in the 1500 ESPN studio. Uh, find out more at TCLUSA.com. You got you to gotta check out the built-in Roku device that gives you 4,000-plus streaming channels as well. Or, like I said, any major local retailer, TCL TVs, Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. I think all the pieces are there. On 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by LinkedIn. Hiring businesses rate LinkedIn 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. For a $50 credit toward your first job post, visit LinkedIn.com slash traffic. Terms and conditions apply. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. That's pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. I miss stuff, Dave, so give me some stuff today. Man, I bet you did. Let's get into it then right away. Let me let me ask you a question first, boys. What's your favorite hole? I need context. I bet you do. What a throw by Matt Stafford. I call that the turkey hole. Don't ask me why, but Brad Johnson taught me that a long time ago when I was coaching Tampa. He says, hey, coach, I think I can fit it between a corner and a safety. Look at that, the turkey. Well, why? Know. You don't know. You call the turkey Brad hole, Johnson but you don't know it. But let me show you what the turkey hole is. It's the turkey hole. It's the area when the corner rolls up, there's a hole between the safety and the corner. It's not an easy throw. you got to be able to rifle it in there, Sean. And I had a quarterback here in Green Bay who was able to do that at a high level. And now I'm watching, that's right, I'm watching one here, Matt Stafford, who makes a living putting the ball right there in the turkey hole. You think you like football? Well, John Gruden doesn't just really like football. He f- loves football. Football! Football, yeah! Football! You can add that one to that page. Yeah, I think that's going to stay. <laughs> Brad Johnson, football, never rifled a football anywhere, <laughs> That's by true. the way. I mean, Favre did. <laughs> Jeff George most certainly did. Brad Johnson never rifled a football. He, he fluttered him into the yes, turkey hole. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Very gently. Excuse me? That's what it sound, the ball sounds like going into the... <laughs> Play the woo one more time. Richard Morgan Fleer, 30 for 30 tonight. Richard, he joined Mike and Mike this morning and was asked how much of Ric Flair turned into Richard Morgan Fleer. Pretty much everything I said or did in my life, uh, much to my dismay at times, uh, uh, I lived. If I said it, I was doing it, Mike. That's what made it real. You know, I didn't have, I spent, I didn't wear the same suit on TV for five years. You know, I just bought a lot of clothes and uh, the alligator shoes and all that. I just, I was out there. I thought I was Joe Namath. And I have a feeling the 30 for 30 tonight on Ric Flair is going to focus a lot more, well, a lot less on the positives and the greatness of being Ric Flair and a lot more on the negatives. And I was extremely selfish. I, I look back on that now and I, I wouldn't want anybody to be that dedicated that, that, that they 
they didn't disregard their family, but they made them secondary to what they're doing. And uh, I did a lot of that, which I it talks about that a lot, and it 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 creates resentment. I'm I'm good with all my kids now, but you know, trust me, they all had Christmas presents and cars and all that, but nothing buys the time. And I see you, Mike, with your son all the time, who's doing an excellent job. I saw you guys call a game together the other night. That must have been thrilling for you to be with your son. But nothing replaces the, the, the on hands you know, relationship with kids and their parents. And I wasn't there for that. Yeah, it, it almost feels like everyone is... Ric Flair is being laughed at by a lot of people. And sometimes it feels like he's being laughed with. And I can't tell like if he knows that he's sort of a punchline. I mean, in his mind, he's this legend. He's Joe Namath. But in a lot of people's minds, he's kind of a pathetic figure in some ways, too. Um, so I'm oh. curious to see how they spin this tonight. We'll see. I mean, he's obviously seen it and approves of it enough to be doing a media tour. And I'm what sure was the, perception, the WWE was partnered in on this, too. What, what was the perception of him years ago? Like this way, or was it much more of a respect of he's, in that industry? He has he has increased in mainstream visibility, even in the ten years after he left wrestling. Uh, I think he's as popular as he was among wrestling fans in the '80s and the '90s. I think he's more mainstream now, like going to arenas and Cavs games and Panthers games. I don't know how much he was doing that in the mid '90s. You know, when his career was coming down the the back end of the hill. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that should be really good tonight if you're a wrestling fan or not. He's one of the great characters in sports entertainment. Hang on. Before I get to the next one, Judd, uh, cheese it up for me here. I got to take a photo. Yeah, I'll give you a little PJ Fleck thumbs no, up. How put about... the hands down. Oh, why? That's all right. No, it just might come in handy a little later in the week. I don't know. Okay, cool. Uh, Mike Leach. No idea what that's about, but cool. Fan question at the end I of I the do. post-game con. <laughs> Oh, oh, not another one. At the end of the post. You guys are pathetic. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, Mike Leach, <coughs> Washington State Cougars. I you want to change it up tomorrow. <laughs> Head coach. Uh, yeah, Monday whatever. press conference at the end. It's time for the fan question. And the question of the day, which college football mascot, you know, not that your team is named the Cougars, but the actual physical mascot on the field, which would be your favorites, Mike? Well, first of all, there should be more sharks if you're by an ocean. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. That tiger at LSU that's a live, real tiger sitting in there in some metal structure, which clearly he could rip his way out of if he wanted to, even half wanted to. That's an awesome one. Uh, the buffalo at Colorado, that's an awesome one. Um, hmm. Well, those two are pretty hard to beat. Um, okay, but the best is, okay, so there's a place in Kansas called Pitt State. And I used to see it on film. We didn't play them. They're called Pitt State, and they're the gorillas. And there should be a lot more gorillas for um, yeah. mascots. Because yeah. think about it, a gorilla can whip a lot of stuff, you know. <clears throat> so they're the Pitt State gorillas. And you'd see this on film when it came time for the opponent to come out. They'd play Welcome to the Jungle. Just blaring, just blaring. Welcome to the jungle. 
then the visiting team would come through the tunnel and they'd all be hurling bananas at the visiting team. You'd see bananas everywhere, bananas bouncing off helmets, bananas just flying through the air. Uh, and that was welcome to Pitt State because you're about to play the gorillas. How about that? How about that? But, <laughs> about Mike, that. I mean, you're the Cougars. How would you feel about a live cougar on the sideline for your club? Well, I'm not against it. You know, you got to just have the ability and facilities and stuff to really take care of the cougar. You know, I mean, you you you, you want to make life as good for the cougar as you possibly can, rather than you know you want it to be fun to be a cougar. I would think. True. You know, and I don't know the details. I've read where Georgia, you know, Uggs got his own bed and everything, you know, on the road and things. So <laughs> there's been a couple Uggs. I've got an unhealthy obsession with him now. It's official. It's, He's got some great points it's just there. So, it's so great, though. Every <laughs> press conference has nothing to do with his football team for the most part. Well, these are at the end of like 30 or 40 minutes, too. And it is an actual fan question that's read by the same person, Good. Lindsay, every... I don't know if she's just there from the athletics office or what, but it's outstanding. Ah, uh, yeah. Chicago White Sox have a new giveaway. Not doing it at a game, however, this year, gentlemen. They are doing it in January at SoxFest, their version of Twins Fest. Oh, God. Who wants a brand new Hawk Harrelson bobblehead? He gone. Mercy. Scratch. You can put it on the board. Yes. Oh. And this ball game is over. A talking Hawk Harrelson bobblehead. You got to get me one. But it is not current Hawk. The vision, the uh, the version of Hawk on the bobblehead is old school Hawk. He's wearing a nice, like, kind of sky blue leisure suit. He's Polyester. got the long hair. Yeah. Oh, that's He's got great. the big cowboy hat on. Oh, it's like 1976 Hawk. It's outstanding. I want one of those. I don't know if we need like the you know the play by play, the verbal thing. How about maybe just put a muzzle on it? What do you mean? You know, we oh. should get. You should be able to take your Whoa. your Amazon Alexa device. And change the voice to Hawk Harrelson. That's sure. what we need. And so instead of saying, hey, Alexa, you'd say, hey, Hawk. I and, love it. And he would pretty much only That'd know how great. to say things like good guys and bad guys. Yes. Ball game is over. How about uh, driving directions on your phone, too? That'd be outstanding. You know, and take a left here, take a right there. You get to your destination. You can put, put it, it on, on the board. <laughs> These are all great ideas. Speaking of guys calling games, Vin Scully doesn't do it anymore, but he was uh, the subject of a little interview, a little speaking engagement over the weekend, boys. And, well, I guess you have to ask the old man about the NFL. I have only one personal thought, really, and I am so disappointed. And I used to love, during the fall and winter, to watch the NFL on Sunday. And it's not that I'm some great patriot. Uh, I was in the Navy for a year, didn't go anywhere, didn't do anything. But I have overwhelming respect and admiration for anyone who puts on a uniform and goes to war. So the only thing I can do in my little way is not to preach. I will never watch another NFL game. Uh, All right, Vin. I love Vin, but... I don't don't think Vin's helping the discussion. Vin's missing... Missing the point that there is a point here that goes well beyond what Vin's talking about. I thought he was going to go with the. I thought he was making the war analogy that that he'll watch. You know, he'll watch guys put a uniform on and go to war. <laughs> go to war on Sundays. And that's why he watches <laughs> they the go to, Jets and the Bills. They go to war in yeah. Cleveland every Whoa! Sunday. <laughs> 
Oh, man. All right, Mackie and Judd, uh, we have some open segments in the 11. So starting, even just starting in this next segment, if you want to chime in on your thoughts about the Vikings post-bye week and where they stand in the division, when would you unleash Teddy Bridgewater or would you not? 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. And our Timberwolves are as hot as they've been in State of like a decade plus. I'm telling you. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I tune in to hear the hysteria <laughs> and the insanity. Mackey and Judd. Now we need to work on that. On 1500 ESPN. Now on the 1500 ESPN stream player, a Blu-ray combo pack of Overdrive. Starring Scott Eastwood from the writers of Too Fast, Too Furious, and the director of Taken comes an action-packed thrill ride. Overdrive is available now on Blu-ray, DVD, and Digital HD. It's rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures. Head to the 1500 ESPN stream player to find out how you can win. Go, Pat, go! First of all, I just got to say, I I shudder to consider myself a Packer fan because I love my Green Bay Packers, but when I think about Packer fans, I kind of shudder because uh, I just associate it with dummies. I mean, these people, they, they think that they're, you know what, don't stink, and they know everything. Go, Pat, go! Steve, how you doing? Hey, Steve. Or, hey, Bill. I'm, I'm a You're Steve. On the way. I, there you go. I am Steve. <laughs> I am Steve. I am on a boss. Yeah, you're Steve. You're Steve. I'm still on a boss. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I replaced my body wash with just Gouda cheese, actually. Uh, we're talking Vikings off the bye week. When would you put Teddy Bridgewater back in as the quarterback, or would you not? Randy in Oakland. What's up, realistic Randy? Well, first of all, Judd, I'm completely with you. I bring Teddy Bridgewater back when the opportunity presents itself. Mm -hmm. But I do have a little bit of an issue with, I guess, the overwhelming perception of the dismissiveness from the fan base of Teddy Bridgewater saying, oh, well, he wasn't that great anyway, so we got Case Keenum. Let's give him a three-year contract, which I think is ridiculous. He's done very well as a backup quarterback. But here's the reality of the situation. If you compare, the reason why I'm looking forward to Teddy this year to hopefully come back. Teddy Bridgewater comparing him his last season to Case Keenum right now. Teddy Bridgewater and Case Keenum are basically, they basically put up the same numbers as far as Case Keenum what he's projected to do this year. Teddy Bridgewater in 2015 put up 3,200 yards, 14 touchdowns, nine picks with an 88.7 uh, passer rating. Case Keenum right now is on pace for 3,400 yards, 15 touchdowns, and seven picks and currently has an 88.8 passer rating. But here's the difference between the two. Teddy Bridgewater had a god-awful offensive line and an offensive scheme that was tailored towards Adrian Peterson. Football Outsiders uh, had the Minnesota Vikings ranked as the 29th-ranked pass-protecting offensive line in the league in 2015. Teddy Bridgewater got sacked 44 times, okay? Case Keenum right now, on pace for 3,400 yards, 15 touchdowns, seven picks. As of last week, because Football Outsiders, they update this stuff every single week. As of last week, the Minnesota Vikings had the fourth-best pass-protecting offensive line, according to Football Outsiders. They're basically putting up the same numbers, but here's the difference. 
one quarterback had to fight through hell with a bunch of adversity just to put up the same numbers as the guy right now who's doing a pretty good job as a backup quarterback. But in the case of Case Keenum, he's not even getting a grass stain on his jersey. I want to see what Teddy Bridgewater can do with this offensive line, with this protection, and this offensive scheme with Pat Shermer. That is a smart phone call. Well put, man. Yes. Really well put. Randy in Oakland with a another with a phone call. smart phone call. Uh, that is, you know, yeah. I mean, that's something that, that's been brought up. Just, you know, go. I think we forget the last couple of years how bad the offensive lines have been. Once you see what an actual solid offensive line looks like again, which we, we see now watching the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Remember how often Bridgewater was flushed from the pocket? Not like Christian Ponder style flushed where... He would just not be comfortable after his first read, no, and then was, he would just run. Yeah, no, he didn't. I mean, Bridgewater was off. was actively trying to stay behind the line of scrimmage, running for his life. If you put 2015 Bridgewater behind this offensive line, mm-hmm. and then catered the offensive system so that it's not Adrian Peterson featured for a couple downs, and then uh, maybe get to some of the feature Bridgewater plays, but you cater everything, including offensive line to Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. his numbers would be far better, even in the second year of his career than they were. Don't forget in don't forget as bad as the O line was last year, it was actually rebuilt. Because in 2015, you in fact after 2015, you fired your O line coach. You then flipped your left guard back to right guard. You signed at a very big price a new left guard. You thought I believe it going into training camp that uh, Sullivan was going to come back at center and you signed a right tackle. So you completely redid your offensive line aside from Khalil, going into 2016. And in 2015 as well, you went into that season with an offense that you originally catered towards Bridgewater, and then you aborted that and went and said, oh, we can't do that. So, yes, there is there is no question that if you want to point out that Bridgewater overcame things to be successful and they won 11 games, he did a really good job of that. Yeah, and And the other thing, too, is... We get way too hung up on how deep he can throw. The offense that they are running right now opens things up with runs and short passes. And once in a while, you go deep. But this is not an offense that calls for you to, to go deep a ton. So if Bridgewater steps in, this offense actually suits him fine. Yeah, if if you, know, if, if you can be surgical in that 15 yards and in range in the air. Which he's good at. Uh, all the other stuff is secondary to me. Here's a question here. We have just like a minute or two left in this segment, but uh, Vikes man on Twitter. Andrew Luck debacle in Indy. Hmm. Earsay with questionable comments on Luck. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Vikes, if he's available, are you in? Andrew Luck has $87 million guaranteed, I believe, left on his contract. If you were to take that thing out to its so I don't know. I, need I, I would know need some protection from that contract. Yeah. I mean, I, if you, I ain't giving up a first round pick for this version of Andrew Luck. If you can tell me he's going to be absolutely fine, I'm intrigued. But I'm not. When when he definitely suffered some type of setback. So if I think he might be okay, I'm scared of that. I'm in. If you can tell me he's absolutely going to be fine. Yeah, like I would. I would. I would almost rather just go a year of. I'd rather sign Kirk Cousins knowing what I have than just blindly take on Andrew Luck's contract having not seen him in a game. And have the Col- That's going to be really the tough. The Colts, though, have bungled this whole thing so extraordinarily poorly. I mean, they've gone from being... They went from being a genius team that, that went from Peyton to tanking to Andrew Luck. And you said, this team is brilliant. 
and they have just mismanaged this whole thing beyond. Yeah, me. I mean, some of it might just be bad luck because his arm is shot. Yeah, I see but what you did there. oh yeah, yeah, bad luck. Yeah, the puns. That's are not the case, the Phil. Wow, there they are. No, that was really bad. Sorry. Yeah, we'll just be going uh, to commercial break now. Let's talk some Timberwolves when we come okay. back here. The surging uh, hottest Timberwolves team in like 15 years, Mackie and Judd.